The less fucks we continue to give, the more shit is happening. We just go for it. We don't ask for permission anymore. Can the real CPG brand please stand up? I can tell you conclusively after two and a half years, it is all about fucking storytelling. Brand for me is a community, a thing that makes you feel something deeply. Wet ass, pussy, <laughs> bitch, whatever. Be bold. Just show just everything. Just show everything. Everything. And that's, that's what we the did. Keyword. And so people everything. really started getting interested. They're like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, people are like, <laughs> what are you guys doing? I'm Jake the Rover. My life goal is simple. WWE star called Mr. America. My name is Leslie Carls. My nickname is The Panda. And I run this ship. Nick, just Nick. Can I get a midday squares? Midday Squares Uncensored. We are live. You know what it is. We talk about entrepreneurship, chocolate, family business, and whatever fucks are on our mind. Today's show, we are going to distill the MDS Guide to Building a Brand. Now, we've touched upon this uh, in past podcasts before a few times, but we still keep getting the question on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, you name it. The question is, is like, hey, really want to amplify my brand like MDS. And so we're going to get into that today. Um, as always, guys, you can ask questions at middaysquares.com slash podcast questions, middaysquares.com slash podcast questions. Um, Les, you look like Morpheus today. Did anyone, did anybody, has <laughs> anybody watched Matrix? Is. Morpheus, you know, the I, guy that offers the pill? The one with the long leather jacket? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, 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 like the OG of That's the Matrix. That's totally my vibe. Totally oh my, my God. vibe. And I just have to say one thing. I love this introduction today. I think that was your best introduction yet. Like the confidence and the vibe was fire. Are it you, was just simple. Are you stroking my ego? I'm allowed to do that once in a while. I am your partner and wife. Well, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, before we get into the show, as always, you know, we have a little bit of housekeeping to unpack. Jacques, I see a big fucking yellow book right in front of you. Yeah. This book, show the audience, Mastering Fear, uh, Brandon Webb and John David Mann. So... I chose this book. This is my newest book that I've been reading. And I chose it because it's challenging my thought process. So I read a little bit about the book beforehand because I think it's an interesting way to go about picking the book that you're going to read. And it kind of told me that fear is is not your enemy. And I always believed fear was my enemy. And then I started reading this and it started opening my eyes to a new way of thinking, a new mindset that you can use fear to the greatest ability to, to thrive. And for example, they talk about how fire can be the most destructive thing in the world, mm. but also the most amazing thing. It took civilization from where it was thousands of years ago till today. So, you know, at the end of the day, fear is just a mindset that you need to use as an ally. And this is what this book says. So it challenged my process before. And now, again, being open-minded leads you to new areas in life, which you probably wouldn't have gone to otherwise. Yeah, I love that. For me, I got a big... Um a big feeling about this because fear, I've always said it, I am driven by self-doubt, um, not driven by confidence. I don't know if I that, think we all are. Well, I don't know if everybody no, in the world is. I'm talking about the three is, of us at this table. But for me, every time I've been really scared of something, that, that fear bothered me so much because I felt like it was preventative for what I wanted to do. So ev everybody knows that I've struggled with depression. I've struggled with a lot of different things. Um, and I've found myself at different points in my life, like hiding from 
what the things that scared me. Mm. And I remember I would reach really low points when I would start, when I start to avoid things because of fear, it, it really fucks with me. It fucks with my energy. It fucks with my self-confidence. It fucks with everything. So what happens is though, with psychologists over time, that fear has become a magnet. So I, I see like, I start getting pulled towards the fear because I'm so repelled by it that I'm like, fuck, I can't be controlled by this thing anymore. It's bothering me. It's, it's irritating me. I need to get it off of me. Just, yeah, and then I, and then I want to run into the fire and blow shit up yeah. in a positive way though. Yeah. You know, fear, I don't know. For me, fear, I never really thought, I thought you could always push it down no matter what, but it's real. It's existent. It's existing in your life and you can't ignore it. And mm -hmm. I think that what this guy taught me um, so far, at least in the book, is he's a he's a Navy SEAL, buds, total ops, and then he went into business, very successful. But what he did was he's helping people not not lose their fear because you don't lose your fear. You work with it. And I want to be able to work with my fear. I have a fear today after this podcast, actually. Yeah. I'm going into a massive dental surgery that's actually a really irregular dental surgery that they actually, it, it's one in 10, sorry, one in a million that they see. I'm scared, but I got to feel, I got to feel it and use it to my advantage and use it as my ally. And I'm, I've been petrified for the last three days. Petrified. No, no, I, I'm having anxiety now, but I'm learning how to control the mindset on to use the fear, not to, to put me backwards, but to put me forwards. I feel like we can almost do a whole show just on fear. Um, I, I agree. I do want to say one more thing, though, on this subject matter. Obviously, I'm very passionate about it. So you hear me. <laughs> um, I feared death, like, tremendously growing up. It was something even before my... So my dad died when I was 10. If, if, you, if you didn't know that, now you know. That's not the point. But uh, so before he died, I had a tremendous fear of losing my parents. And they actually had to put me in a, a psychologist. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And uh, so you know, my greatest fear came to reality. And then I had a really warped uh, relationship with death. And J James Gavin, before, you know, my early days, I, I worked with him on this and this was brilliant. And to going back to how fear could be positively channeled. So he had me just go walk in cemeteries. So cemeteries really had this really fucked up uh, feeling that it would give me like almost, you know, in movies, it's always related to horror, spooky, the dead coming it back. Triggering, to right? it's, it's triggering. Yeah. And it's just, you go in there and it's a negative experience for me, at least I can't speak for everybody. And what's happened over the last, I don't know, decade that I've been really exposing myself to the cemetery, my fear has desensitized. I, I actually have a completely new relationship with death. Les, you actually have seen that kind of relationship happen where now when I walk into a cemetery, I, it's almost like going to a library. It's very different for me. It's weird. I walk in and I feel the history of people rather than mm. the death. I feel the excitement of life. I feel the excitement of journeys. I, I, I literally feel it. Um, whereas I, I used to not feel that. And so, um, to your point, like, you know, I had this extreme fear, but by exposure and by putting myself in front of it, I've really changed my relationship with death to the point where uh, it's it's very peaceful for me and I'm, I'm not scared of it. And I, I really see it as the, you know, double down on the journey of life. Leslie, you were going to say something. Yeah, I think, you know, we've spoken about, again, I think we're all really passionate about this topic, but we've spoken about it in the past that um, whenever you're like, it, it's important to fear set. So like, um, I don't know if that's the right term, but we, where you're like, okay, if this happens, this might happen. 
And I know it's like sometimes it is fear setting. Like, yeah, exactly. Like we've spoken about that in the past. Like sometimes going through what what you're so scared of. Let's actually like go through it. Let's, let's play it let's out. Play, there you go. Let's play it out. Because once you play it out, now it could actually be something that you can wrap your head around versus just the idea of the being feared of that thing. But you play it out and you go through it and you're like, okay, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. And from there, I think it calms you inside to be able to know that you've identified all the different things that could happen from that singular thing. And I think that allows peace of mind. Can I tell one story before we change the whole subject? So there was this man, I think his name's Lanny. He was a he was a top rifle shooter in the Olympics and he was supposed to win in 1972. He was the number one favorite of the world and he choked and he became silver medalist, which is still great. But in his head, he had to understand why, what happened. Why did he choke? Why did he not win? So he went to go find out, he made his mission in life to go find out what gold medalist, medalist approaches were in terms of their performance and how they thought. Mm. And he actually went to find a, 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 Vietnam, a Vietnamese, a soldier in America that got caught by the Vietnamese in a POW camp. He was put in a POW camp for six years in a little wow. room, in a little room. He couldn't move. Six years. They tortured him. They did everything possible. The one thing he did while he was in there for six years till he was free was he took his brain, he took his mind, and he practiced the same thing over and over again to kill his time. What he did was he imagined playing golf because he liked golf. Imagine playing golf at the courses that he always played his whole life, and he just kept on swinging in his head, hitting the putt, putting in the green, chipping over and over and over again. The first thing when he got up, when he got free, when he got off the plane, in the United States, this man went onto the golf course and shot par on every single hole. He never did that before. <laughs> he became <laughs> a great insane. golfer. So what happens is, is this guy Lenny then took that took that theory of practicing his head. You got to shoot the thing like this. You got to aim like that. You got to just practicing the training, training, training. And all their fears have gone away because your brain starts to process. The brain's very think. powerful. So you, oh, if you could control your mind. You can. It's magical. It is. You really can. Repetition and practice is a huge piece. So we're going to get into the MDS Guide to Building a Brand. Jake, lead us in with a quote because this quote is so fucking... It's epic. It's epic. It's everything. And I I wrote it down. Um, So... Alexander the Great said to his team, burn the boats, period, upon reaching the shores of Persia, thereby cutting off his army's only means of retreat. Mm. (laughs) That's like fierce. Yeah. So the reason why that's a great segue (laughs) is part of building this brand for all of us has always been this idea of our whole fucking life is in it. We burnt the boat. I remember literally saying it when we started. It was like fucking, guys, there's no turning back. Can I actually bring something up? Yes, go. When we first started and we had our like second ever therapy session of the tripod, I remember you and I had committed to that. To burning the boat. And Jake was really young at this point when he actually started Midday Squares. He was turning 25. And I remember Jim saying, because we were, we were, we had burned the boat and Jake wasn't there yet. Um, and I remember Jim saying, Jake, did you sign a paper that says, um, I don't, won't have a social life. Um, I can't date. Um, I need to be working 15 hours a day. I need to be working seven days a week. I sell my soul to midday squares. And then Jake looks at both of us and goes, no, I didn't. And Jim goes, <laughs> I remember. But, but it's, it's changed. But it goes back to what I always say. 
I wasn't, I, I didn't feel it at first. You I didn't feel it for eight, eight months. I came in because I needed time to kill. And I always talk about that. Yeah. And it's okay to do that though, because guess what? I fell in love. That's yeah, what I love. Yeah, it's like yeah. the journey, right? Oh, it's it's so, so hot. Yeah. So burning the bridges really is that. Um, so when, so, okay. We're going to distill into the show today of what makes this brand everything that it is. And I think it's really important because at the end of the day, everybody that's listening, I think in some way, shape or form is trying to figure out their whole way. So what it, we're going to go around the table. You're all going to define what brand means to you and do it quickly. It's going to be a Rochambeau. What does brand mean to you? And then we're going to, and then I'm going to kick us into the, the flow of that I want. Les. Brand for me is a, a, a community. It's a place where people could come to relate to something. It's, it's exactly, it's a, a thing that makes you feel something deeply. And whatever that thing is, brands have different um, mission statements or, or vibes, but a brand is a place where you could come to feel something. So yeah, I have two ways to explain it. I agree with Leslie. I'm going to repeat the first thing that you just said. Brand is a place where people feel something, making people feel something rather than consuming something. Um, number two, I said it in an early podcast, I believe. I don't know if, if, if I did, I can't remember. But basically, I believe a brand, and I, re- I think Larry Golko told me this. <laughs> Shout out Larry Golko. Who is, uh, who is like, the king of brands? He's king of brands, legend in Boston. You got to check him up in Google. Look at a picture of him. He's an absolute beauty. Anyways, he said, brands are what people say about you guys when you leave the room. And that's it. That's powerful. That, that really is it. But here is the problem, though. I'll say what it means to me. Brand is an extension and a permission mm. to do anything you want in mm. whatever thing that that brand is selling. It is an extension of the entrepreneur behind it, potentially. It's an extension of the thing that they preach. But more importantly, if you really distill top brands, there's some type of permission there of whether it's you have permission to live this type of a lifestyle, you have permission to be this, you have permission, like it, it, they're giving you the permission to do something that you might have not done prior to that. That's my... I like that. You know why I like that? Because some people are very controversial and it's okay in quotations, mm-hmm. I guess, because that's their brand. Yeah. So they are themselves. But then there's opposites where if if someone wasn't authentic to that brand and did that, it's like it things blow up. Things blow out. It doesn't survive when you're not true to the brand. Yeah. Yeah. I think at the end That's of the- why so little brands actually succeed. Because if you're not truthful to what you stand for, you're just not gonna succeed. No, I would agree with that. I think a lot of people though, the misconception is this idea of yardsticking. So one major thing when I really distill what's happened and and you know what the best thing about the show is we're evolving as the show is happening. We're figuring things out. And so, you know, our view on what brand was maybe four months ago has already changed compared Mm -hmm. to where, where, whether it's adapted or gotten better. The yardstick for me is one of the most important things that we've removed from our culture at Midday Squares, which is. So you come in to start a company or a brand and you have an idea of all these things that are brands out there. And then you start to figure out who you are in relation to that brand. That's problematic because it's it's not using first principles to start. So if you go and say that thing or, or the way Adidas does their thing is how we're going to be, 
I think you're going to fail rather than saying what they stand for something I want to recreate. So the truth for me is once we at Midday Squares took the yardstick and what does the yardstick mean? Stop comparing yourself to others. It's really fucking important to stop comparing yourself to others because the noise immediately stops. The second you throw that yardstick out the door, you go, your brain slows down, your thoughts slow down, and you start to really figure out who am I, who's my audience, and what, what does that relationship look like? You know, I, 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 we always get asked these questions from different entrepreneurs, different people in the industry and in other industries. What, wh- how do you guys do it? And, and, I, and I always answer, I'm going to give you our version of what we do. And I'm not telling you to do this. I'm telling you to find what is good for you. It doesn't mean that showing business therapy session is going to work for you. This is authentic to the three of us. I preach it. We preach it because it's true to us and it's working for us and we hope it's going to continue to work but i always tell people don't try and be us because it's a different ball game everyone is themselves yeah les do you want to add something on that no i I completely agree i think it's it's like what you guys are saying is stop comparing yourself to others i i did it a lot when i had my clothing brand i compared myself to chanel i compared myself to um alexander wang and it actually uh created uh creator's block where like i was like i'm i'm am i as good or you know and you start comparing yourself to these brands but it's like you can't do that or else you actually stop yourself from succeeding and from becoming what you truly need to be. Mm. So I think, you know, it's about being aware what other people are doing. Like you guys are saying is you can, you can appreciate what they stand for. You can appreciate what they've built, but I think finding what's true to you is, is always going to be the key. And I agree, Jake, you know, we get it often where people call us like, can you give us a a marketing course? Can you tell us how to build a brand? Can how, you know, we want to do what you're doing. That's not going to work because when we're dancing, that's actually us. Like when the cameras are off and we're all together, we're dancing. Perfect example of, of why authenticity matters. I was on a call the other night. It was like a mastermind group. It was the first time I ever got to do this. I was speaking with the founder of HVMN. They're really big in uh, body growth hacking. His name's Jeff Wu, body growth hacking, keto, a lot of that world. Okay. Jeff's whole style of how he built his business is similar in the sense that he used content like Midday Squares, but is very unique to him. Jeff's a computer scientist. He loves, loves running scientific experiments, data, all that. So his whole culture at HVMN is about using scientific data that they're doing on their product development to advance the 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 study of how ketones oh, cool. affect the body and all that type of stuff that is authentic to him and it resonates with his audience now mm-hmm. the two audiences are completely different and to be honest I think their audience would never mesh with our audience and, and, and vice forward. But the point is, is that when you look at Jeff if he tried to run the midday squares playbook it would fail but he has just as strong of a brand in a completely different sector yes that is really... The, he gets the, it. He gets it. He gets it. Zero fucks is a common fucking theme. When our producer, Kara, was asking us about what we want to speak about on this week's show, I, bro- I, I just broke out there. And I'm like, there's just different energy that's happening at Midday Squares these days. There's this really... I don't know what's happened. It's incredible. But the, the, the fucks given... 
have literally they're like below like they're below this table they're below this table that we're speaking on the fucks given have actually decreased significantly and i find that the less fucks we continue to give the more shit is happening for us it's mind-blowing like it's actually mind-blowing exactly zero fucks equal to explosion it like, makes no fucking sense. Jake, take me through the zero fucks that have been happening since 2021 started. How has it changed your LinkedIn game? Oh, Number one, LinkedIn's crazy for everybody listening. If you're sleeping on LinkedIn. Most powerful tool out one there One of right the most now. powerful yeah. tools out there. You know, and it came at the right time. I couldn't have done it, you know, a year and a half ago or two years ago, the LinkedIn approach, because it wouldn't have worked. You know why? Because I cared. And I think that I was nervous on... I was worried about the judgment yeah. of what people, because it's supposed to be professional in quotations. And this is where it really gets interesting. So professional is the way that they treat you. So for me, I'm like, when we start getting that zero fucks momentum coming, like that whole, <laughs> I, the three of us going at it and our team, everyone, I started saying, well, LinkedIn's a platform. Why can't it be used for other things? <laughs> so like for me, we post, I posted the other day, I said, I posted the WAP video, wet ass, pussy, <laughs> bitch, whatever. And I was just like, I was like, be bold, you know, like unapologetic stuff. People started sharing it all kinds. This is what we need in this life. So I started thinking to myself, why is it that everyone was taking it so judgmental, but why can't everyone just explode and be themselves on this platform? It's a platform just like Instagram, just like Facebook, just like Twitter, where you express yourself. And when we start getting that zero fucks, people start coming all oh kinds. Oh my God. Every industry. You get the freak flags. Babe, not even every industry. We're talking <laughs> like fashion, food, beverage, banking, the whole nine yards from all different countries because it's attracting them because they're like, well, why doesn't this person give a shit? No, because I'm fed up. Oh, God, I'm fed up. up. I am fed up. Preach. Of <laughs> celebrity singers being the only people that can give no fucks. I would oh. agree with that. I am fed up that we have decided as a society that singers, rappers, actors have permission to give zero fucks. But we in the business world with quotations in my finger have to follow this regimen. We as entrepreneurs can't, oh, what? Pussy? You can't use that word. Right. That's not allowed in business world. McCarty B's McCarty on B's fucking Instagram. Walmart. Doing yeah. deals with Walmart, Reebok, yeah, you name so it. Yeah, it's so hot. But that's allowed? And so... It so all clicked. It all clicked. It literally all clicked and the button is... But then also, it comes not just to posting. It comes to communication. Because... <laughs> I, I, I don't know, I've been hitting up buyers and shit with the most whack messages. Like, like you don't understand, like where they start to say the word fuck. And when I see that, I realized that is the glory of them coming out to be themselves with I think me. it's refreshing. I think people are really tired of people being so refined and so not themselves. But yet when you're with your friends or you're hanging on the weekend, you're a completely different person. Ooh. Why don't you just bring that to the, to the table? To the table. And I think at the end of the day, like it really hit me. So when we were in Nick's office, the three of us, and I was getting prepared to do something and I was like worried about the what message. What was that something? Yeah, talk about. But it. we were posting the 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 Ellen video. Yeah, and the caption was really bold, and I was like, I think this is a little too bold. And then Jake looks at me, he's like, he he brought up Elon Musk. Um, you delivered me a, a a quote on on Elon Musk about being reckless, and then you're like, just be reckless. And I'm like, but re- reckless is a word that people could take in a different way. But we're talking about. Strategically, strategically reckless. reckless. Um, and I guess a better word is bold. Um, be but yourself. I, but be it yourself and be bold. And I was like, you know what? You guys are right. We have nothing to lose. You know, and it proceeded on the next couple of days. But before that, the Elon Musk thing is, quote, 
Nick fired me up about being bold on this same topic by when when we go public. Nick said we're all going to have our websites, jcarls.com, leslycarls.com, nicksaltarelli.com, which has all the flaws. Oh, flaws. Because, and explain why you said yes, that. Yes, because I am fed up of the media trying to take people down for being humans. And so- Oh, I love that. You know, in Eminem, Eminem, the movie Eight Mile Guys, when he completely dismantles in a rap battle the person in front of him, he just puts out all the flaws that the guy was going to pick at, and then the guy had nothing to say. So when we go public, I'm going to put a fucking uh, page up. It's going to say, Nick likes smoking weed. There's going to be a fucking picture of me naked with my, I don't know. I have, I have this picture that's around the internet from when I was younger, when I, I was at a party and I, I, they drew a sombrero in my testicles and whatever. Point is, is that that's going to be there. I'm putting it all out. I'm not denying it. I'm no. not denying it. This was that. me. That fires me up. Why is, but why does that make me not, why can't I why be can't intellectually there? Why can't I, Exactly, and what the fuck's up thing? The people that report this shit, they're doing it. That's the bullshit of the world, is everybody does the things that, you know, that they're ash- not like ashamed of. Quotations. When it, quotations, they shouldn't be ashamed of. That is just normalcy. And so that's what we were, we were getting fired up, Jake and I. I'm like, fuck it, when we go public, we're going to be recklessly ourselves. That's what I mean, recklessly ourselves. And I want the media to challenge us because who the fuck are they to say that we can't build the next Nike Mm. while being ourselves? Mm. I love that. And I'm fucking fed up that only celebrities have, only singers, actors, and whatever have permission to do that. I'm just done with that. Why do people get punished for being themselves is my question. Why does people, why do more people, why do the society want to punish you? For so long, we were told we needed to be a certain way. You know, we needed to go to school. We needed to study, become a lawyer or a doctor. Mm. And we needed to look a certain way, wear a suit, um, you know, not like, listen. We were lied to our whole life. We lives. were lied to our whole life. You know, and I felt this a lot when I was younger, you know, where I would do wacky stuff like shave my head, dye my hair pink. And people in our community would judge me mm. because I did that. Like, oh, she must be having a, a an time. episode or hard a hard time. time or depressed. It's like, no, I'm, I'm fucking killing it. Yeah, Living fun, my best fact. fucking life, in fact, <laughs> you know? And so there's there's these things of that we need to break that old school mentality of this is how you need to look, this is how you need to be to be successful. But here's where I'm at. And just this is really where it comes back down to why this is important to us building a brand because it's baked into everything we do. Um, if you actually are someone that goes through life and feels that swearing is not something you want part of your vocabulary, I respect you. Mm -hmm. I respect you. And if you do that for real and you do that on your platform, that means you are being authentically yourself. And people will follow you. We all respect that. Yeah. And and we will follow. And that's where it comes down to, you know, a really big thing is in midday squares, I think we've decided a lot of times to say, when are we following the standards or when are we going to trailblaze? The more we build confidence, the more I think we realize that we don't want to follow any standard and we want to do everything from trailblazing first principles. Yeah. That brings us back to handling retail. How has the way this zero fucks mentality, first principles, trailblazing uh, carried over into how we're building our brand at retail? Well, we don't, we, we just go for it. We don't ask for permission anymore. We, we start thinking about things differently and seeing how can we make things work, right? What can we do? And 
it brings us into like the green spoon and, and all these partnerships that we've been doing, which have been epic. And we haven't been asking for permission. We've just been identifying, I guess, loop, not loopholes, but um, we've been identifying really strong strategies and opportunities that maybe you wouldn't know if you didn't look that way. Right? I want to say something better to hook it over to Jake. To Jacques, not yeah. better. I didn't mean better. I want to say something on top of that. Mm, yeah, yeah. Did. To, <laughs> to hook it over to Jake. Okay. Everybody has this way of building a brand in CPG at retail. Mm. We've started to notice, though, that if you strip away everything and, you know, traditional sales is something I think we're completely throwing out the door over here. Doesn't mean we don't have a sales team, but the way we do sales is, is out because the, the, next more, year or so, yeah. the more noise we make on Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn, the more we're getting buyers' attentions, the more we are creating a stratosphere for ourselves to the point where, Jake, like you are literally on a whole other level and, and, and brands are, sorry, retail partners are, are flocking. Yeah, and I think there's there's two things. The reason why they're flocking, and I'm going to get into that after I say this, is I think that we just need to make sure that the zero fucks given mentality is with the utmost respect in the world. There's no oh, arrogance. Yeah. There's no arrogance. And I think that's important to state is we don't come in there and say, we're better than you. It ain't that. That's not the vibe. It's it's we feel good about but ourselves. we're not like that as human exactly. beings. Exactly. So just to clarify with people. For that's sure. Number two, where you're getting with retail is Build a relationship, okay? Here's what I'm talking about. Don't stop with the deck. Stop with the whole thing. Stop worrying. It comes back down to that. Stop worrying. Why can't you communicate as if it's a friend? Why does it always have to be, okay, here's the number. Here's this. Here's that. Here's what we're going to do. Why can't it just be relaxed a little bit? Then we'll get in. We always say, let's date. Let's go on a walk. Let's get, let's kiss. Let's get married. Let's do the whole thing. Make sure you love the product. Make sure you love it. And don't, we're not force feeding people. We're not doing that. So I think when you take this approach, you actually connect a real connection, just like you have with your coworkers, just like you have with your friends, just like you have with your family. Why can't that be in the retail game as well? And I think that the more and more I see people like our friends at, at Harmon's Grocery Store in Utah, Corey and Kimball, these guys are super cool dudes. They just want to connect on a on a human level, not so much on the buying level. They're, do, they're great at their job, don't get me wrong, but it doesn't start with, okay, what's your price? What's this? What, what promotional thing? It's, okay, who are you? What's doing? Then we build something like that. So if you take it like that, it's not going to be, it's not, it's not a rush to build Rome. It's not a rush. We're not in no rush. Let's do step by step. Yeah, a lot of the excitement, though, is coming from the brand. So what we're noticing is all these things that people told us early on to not focus on. Oh, don't waste money on video. Why do you have an in-house videographer? Right. Why do you have in-house storytellers? No, people would say it's not all about storytelling. You, you know, you still got to know, got to be able to get into a store and sell your product. And I can tell you conclusively after two and a half years that that is bullshit. Yeah. It is all about fucking storytelling. The only reason why we're in 90% of the fucking stores we're in is because of storytelling. I think exactly. I think story, I think you, the number one thing is if we go b dial it back a bit is great product, oh, yeah. product market fit key, and then epic storytelling to get in front of the worthy people. And I think at the end of the day, a key thing, Jake, that we always say is, so yeah, sales decks and all these things are for later. I agree. Relationship building is the number one network, network, network. But we always say to people, 
try the product first. If you don't like it, don't even take it in the store. <laughs> like we literally say those things. So we, we really want people to truthfully believe in the product and truthfully believe in the brand. Yeah, this show is an assumption that you figured out an incredible brand. Yeah, yeah, product. Uh, product, 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 not brand. You can't do anything without an incredible exactly. product. Exactly, it starts there. But I think the importance of the brand aspect is that content asset that we have, that treasure chest of thousands of great videos and pictures and all this stuff. I realized in 21 to start using that as a tool to even make the flywheel go more and more and more because I'm on I'm on a message with the buyers yesterday and I'm sending him our old videos. Here, check this out. He's, his mind's blowing. Yeah. He's going wild. Well, when you watch our videos, you do get mind blown. And, and on the note of storytelling is like, you know, at Midday Squares, one of our biggest things, part of what we're doing as a brand is trying to scale grassroots shit all the way. And I think that's really cool. And a lot of people say, oh, you can't scale grassroots. I disagree. It's just effort, guys, and bringing the right people on on board to do that, right? I, no, completely agree that at the end of the day, a brand's effort comes down to the team that you bring around you to get shit done. If you have the right people to help you do this, you're going to get it done. We're coming towards though the end of the show, and that's already what, yeah. Well, it, it, it's 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 quickly, but not not we're not ending. We're just coming towards the end, and I I want to get to another point, which is we methodically look at Nike, Drake. One of the common things that I loved about Drake and his camp, if you go and look at his career, there was a lot of trial and error. Oh yeah. Tons. And that's a big important piece to everybody is finding your brand is not something that you just come out with and it happens. It's an iterative process. If you look at Drake just six years ago versus what his brand looks like today, completely different. You know what it is though, just on that note is I think a really powerful tool and a lot of people don't have the ability to do this. So if you, you, get the ability is be okay with change. Cause if you're okay with change, you have all these iterations, you're okay to iterate, you know, which we've been doing over the last two and a half years, but a lot of people can't fathom change. I, I agree. But the one main thing though, about why it's important to hone in on what the brand aesthetic is, is cause once you do, it needs to be present throughout everything you yeah. do. Whether the your audience or customer realizes it or not, it needs to be present. Every touch point. So if you are a certain thing, exactly, Les, every touch point, your package, the video content you produce, everything down to the lighting. Talk about how methodical you are when putting together a set for us on the mood right. and how that ties to the brand. Not like uh, not too long ago, we did an interview style um, uh, video that we needed to do. And before we identified the type of lighting that Jake, Nick and I need to be shown in, we went with the typical interview lighting, which was uh, this kind of white background, invisible chair, um, strong white lighting, you know, very commercial, very TV. And when we got the footage, we I watched it and I was like, I love what we're saying, but I actually can't use this footage because it doesn't speak to who we are. It does not scream midday squares. So when people watch it, they're going to be like, what is this? They're actually not going to be down because the people that show up every day to watch us show up to watch us the way we've made them use, like, like um, not made them use. Authentically them, but, to uh, our, us, our brand. Yeah, and what they're used to, right? And so I had to get uh, trash that content, which is, which is unfortunate. But it's then, not. No, it's it, not it, unfortunate. It's, you're right. It's, it was an eye-opening moment that 
everything matters. And back to your point, every touch point. So now the lighting we need is actually a moody lighting. Um, very moody, kind of dark, um, with still with the right shadows, whatever, the right depth, but we need a moody set. And not just that, we cannot be interviewed on a chair. We are all have, we all have really big personalities. So we actually need a, a specific set done. So we need a setup. We need props. We need a a mood created. Um, It can't just be a chair in a room with a white background. And so you can understand like this didn't happen in, in, in month one. This didn't happen in year one. This happened in year two and a half and with a lot of iterations. And super important takeaway for everybody listening on that piece is there was money spent Mm. on that first production. Actually twice. Twice. There was money spent. Les looked at us and she scrapped it and that takes guts. And so don't put shit out. That's not authentic to your brand. If you catch it, Hey, sometimes you're going to put stuff out and you don't realize it. That's different. But if you catch it before you scrap it, it's like our saying on our wall, if it's not fuck, yeah, then it's no. And I think you really got to live that by that because even sometimes team members will tell you or managers will say, you know, let's just use it. We did it. Let's use it. It will be fine. You know, and and it's like, no, stand your ground. Going into the brand now, just to take us to the end of the show is what we discovered was baked into our brand. And I think a lot of you can figure something out of this source. At some point, we figured out that Midday Squares is a boy band. And if you start looking at us as a boy band and that our records, our music is chocolate, not actual music, it starts to make a lot more sense of what we're trying to achieve um, uh, when it comes to our content. Jake, you're giving me a little bit of a smile. What's that? What's that? What's that smile? It just fires me up. The boy bands, like it reminds me of like, just like, I just have good memories of boy bands. And like, I think it's just so us. And it's just like, no, like we go out there and we're in a concert at all times. We're on stage at all times. And like it, it, it's us being us on the stage and that's what makes this journey the most fun. And I, that's why I just smile well, every time you bring it we up. We don't ask for permission. Like we, we make music videos all the time here, but we <laughs> sell chocolate bars. So. <laughs> I like that. Well, cause, cause think about the music video in general. I challenge everybody. Like how, how weird is it? Strange. That we've become <laughs> obsessed as a society all the way back to the nineties. Someone makes a song and then they make a video about the song. What does the two have to do with each other? TikTok. Storytelling. Like, exactly. Like storytelling and is the under. Storytelling, Everything. Yeah. And that's what they love. It's always like a story. You know that song like, you know, it wasn't me on the counter. How, it wasn't that's me. fucked up that you just said that? Wow, you were thinking about Shaggy? I was thinking about Shaggy. Shaggy. That's what's that's fucked up. It's all storytelling. Up. That's all fucked thing- up. But that's no 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 Everybody was coming to us with this great portfolio of CPG brands. Like you would look at the portfolio and be like, wow, they did magic for that company. But none of them were, were, were understanding the Kool-Aid that we were selling, which was the boy band. And I've been pitching to PR firms over and over, guys, don't sell us like a food company. Yeah. Even though you know that, you need to sell us as a band. 
that's how you sell midday mm. squares to writers, to editors. And Shelly, I think on our first call, she wasn't buying it. Shelly, if you're listening, let, let, let us know. Actually, I'll ask you so we can let the audience know the next time. I don't think she was buying it. And then I gave her homework to do. And then <laughs> so like, it was like 1.30 in the morning and I get a message from her and she's like, I, I understand now. <laughs> I really understand. Then wait, 13 hours later, I get another message saying, oh, oh, I really understand. <laughs> and that was it. We just needed to know that our brand and the person that was going to work from us from a PR perspective needed to see what we saw. They represent us not, the right way. Not what they want what we wanted because absolutely if we can do that then we're gonna win guys it's already the end of the show and we did I'm a 40 so minute sad show today. about that i know i feel like we didn't even bold. get anything done here's what i Wait, want this is jake's last show in the studio for a couple of weeks by the way so we'll be seeing jake on a computer screen yeah, next time totally same thing to be honest but same but same on. but different can, can the real cpg brand please stand up Oh, yeah, that's what that's what we are. Like, I'm just I'm just fed up. Like, they need the CPG industry needs 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 to be like shh. like you know when thunder hits the ground and boom. But there's a there's a there's an incredible amount of great entrepreneurs in CPG yes. working on this. One hundred percent. And uh, I think it's the industry that we need to change. I think the trailblazers are there. The trailblazers. The industry needs to be. build together and get there together. Take so this. on this note, I really uh, read this on Twitter and I thought it was phenomenal. I don't want to leave you the listener with this because it's super important when it comes to brand and everybody needs to find this for themselves. So I'm going to leave it like this. Nike gave everybody permission to be athletes. Apple gives everybody permission to be creators. At Midday Squares, all we want is to give permission to our people to be themselves. That is what we finally honed down on. We worked really hard for two years to figure out what that was, and it all clicked, is that by being ourselves, we want to give you, the listeners, permission to be your fucking selves. Three, two, one. Ole, 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 ole. Ole, ole. Ole, 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 ole. Ole, ole. Midday Squares Uncensored. That's a wrap. As always, you can find us on middaysquares.com slash podcast questions. Go out and rip your fucking week. Woo!